The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. What up, what up, what up, everyone? Hope you're having a blessed day today. It's your boy, the Emmy Award-winning sports analyst, spearfishing master, and 10-year NFL defensive lineman, and host of this here show, I Am Athlete Tonight, Lee J. Doosable. And you know I'm with my guys, a former Pro Bowl cornerback with the Kansas City Chiefs, who does some acting on the side. He is also the president of the Colin Murray fan club and was a two-time All-American at the cornerback position at Virginia Tech University. My guy, B-Flow, Brandon Flowers, and a man that caught 21 passes, passes in an NFL game. You can find him in Vail or Vermont snowboarding the mountainside. He's also an analyst on Inside the NFL and also makes a regular appearance on K. Adams' Up and Adam show, my guy Brandon Marshall, aka the Beast. Fellas, how y'all doing this evening? Dudes, I love the introductions, man. You never, <laughs> you never miss, you never fail with the introductions, man. I love it. Right. So, you know, just try to spice it up. What you thought about your intro, B uh B Marsh? I, I mean, my question for you, dudes, is you know, how long does it take you to come up with those? Oh man, so I try to I switch it up every day. So it, you know, it gives a little thought process. A lot of it is off the dome. Um, you know, I had to make sure I know I knew B B uh, Flow was a All American one year. I didn't know it was two times. So two I'm glad I did look that up because I was going to say one time All American, but I'm glad I looked that up because he was a two time All American at Virginia Tech. So it takes a little bit of time, but you know, it always makes the intro to the, the show great, and I feel like it sets the energy for the show. You know. Right. Sure. What round you went first round? You went no, second. I went I went second, man. I had a terrible combine and some other stuff that went down, but I was number I was number one rated at the combine. But yeah. after the combine, I dropped to like the second pick in the second round. What other stuff did you have? Do you, do you want to share? You trying to get? Nah, I, I choose not to share. At all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think before in our class it was you. Going on in our class before it was you. It was uh, my guy from Arizona, Faison, right? No, um, no. So it was Kason, myself. Kason, yeah. Tlaib. And Tlaib, yep. Yeah, Mike Jenkins, Rogers Camardi. Yep. Right. Yeah. Oh, those nice, those dudes, I think they all went first, yeah, huh? They all went first round. McKelvin yeah. went first round. I was the first corner in the second round, so. Was McKelvin uh, Buffalo Bills? Yep. yep. Yeah, I remember him. From Troy. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had a nice quarter class now that I think about it. Ah, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you, McKelvin, um, Tlaib, 
Yeah. yeah, we had some balls in there. Um, Cromarty. Cromarty Rogers, yeah. Yeah. Baller. Let me how, y'all, how y'all been, man? Beef like you ain't been on here in a while, man. How you been doing? I know, man. I've been missing it, man. It feel good to be back at it. You know what I'm saying? Talking football, a lot going on, playoff time coming up. Mm. Exciting times, man. Let me let me ask a question real quick, uh, dudes and B. B, do you have any regrets on not, like, going to safety and extending your career? Because you see all these corners now um, – Getting savvy and, and 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 going and playing a you know a nickel uh, slash safety type position or just safety. So you know what's crazy, B, that you asked me that. I was always a safety for real, right? So when I was in high school, my position was supposed to be safety, but I was the best corner on the team, so they had to put me at corner. When I went to prep school before I went to Virginia Tech, I played safety, and mm. when I went to Virginia Tech, I knew I can go safety corner. My Freshman year, they had me at the nickel. So when I got there, I was the best corner there. So they kept me at corner instead of putting me to my position at safety. Right, right. The whole time I was in the league at Kansas City, I'm like, yo, like I'm nice at corner, but I'm special at safety. Like that's my real spot. Like let me get back there. But they drafted me uh, second round to play corner. And then two two years later, we drafted Eric Berry, right? So they was like, all right, just stay at corner. So I never got a chance to play the position that I was supposed to play in the league. Yeah, y'all was crazy. Uh, dudes, you remember it was uh, Brandon Carr, Flo. Oh, they was, they was deep out there. Yeah, oh, we had arenas from Alabama in the slot. Like, it was, it was, yep. you know, it was, it was serious playing against the boys. <laughs> Tampa boy. Yeah, right. yeah y'all, y'all were deep. I mean, every, everybody got kind of paid. I mean, Arenas got kind of banged up, right? Kind of messed up his, his He would have got paid, there. man, but he ended up, he ended up wanting to go to Arizona once we once Brandon Carr left. We brought in mm-hmm. Sean Smith and Dante Robinson. That's right. Uh, he was like, "Let me go ahead and go to Arizona," and that's how he missed his payday. I think we would have paid him and kept that nucleus together for real. I find I find this interesting. Hopefully, the the listeners do as well. Sorry, dudes, to hijack this. this no, nah, it's all good. Lost, this is what this is what we do in the beginning of the show. He, like when you said, you know, you you were good. You're really good at corner, but you were special at safety. You knew you were special at safety. What's the difference between corner and safety and, you know, um, you know, how, how, how did you know you were special there? Like, can you peel that layer back a little bit? So for me, right, at safety, the game is all about angles. I had, I knew the game. I was excellent at knowing my angles and my ball skills was second to none. So me seeing the play develop from the snap, I get to take the whole picture in and see what plays I need to make. I know the angles on the field. I got ball skills. One of my strengths was always tackling for a corner, but I always told people I'm a safety. Like, that's what I do naturally, right? Right. So all my all my pros just set into me playing safety. Now, corner, I feel like that's more a position where you got to be dialed in and you got to be a technician if you want to be great, right? And you're on the island every single play. I mean – I come from South Florida, so that back down, want to play man-to-man, that's in me, and I can do it. But at the same time, the only knock I had was my long speed. I ran a 4-5, like a mid 4-5 at the combine. So the only time I used to get in trouble when I'm facing a Deshaun Jackson or somebody on the island who can just flat out fly and I don't get a hand on them. So my only weakness at corner was – going against those guys who can fly. So if you put me at my natural position at safety, I'm already playing with depth 
So I have no weakness on the field at all. <laughs> Boy, said I have no weakness. I, don't. I, love, I love the confidence. I love it. <laughs> so, like so I'm trying oh, to be oh, humble. Like, I got to tell me, the truth. Let me, let me follow up with that. So when you left Kansas City, went mm-hmm. to San Diego, we know they're in L.A. now, the Chargers. Did you ever think to, to go to the coaches and, and be like, you know, I know you guys brought me in here to play corner, but I think I could really be special at safety. You know, let, let me get an opportunity at safety. So at the at the Chargers, we had Eric Weddle, who was already there. Yeah, they did have good it was like, we don't need you. We bringing you in to play corner and nickel. That's when we had a young Jason Red as a rookie. It's like, no, we bringing you in to play corner, play that. We already got an all pro at safety. And mm. we had a young guy by the name of Jalila Dye, who was in his second year. He was nice, uh, too. Yeah, he was making his way. He was just coming yeah. on the scene and they just finished camp like you know, OTAs when they first brought me in. So there, I still didn't have a chance to play the position I was supposed to play. Damn. If concussions wouldn't have ended my career early, I, they would have let me go, you know, to safety because I'd have been up there in years. So they would have had to hit me out. Mm. Wow. Well, that's a that's a good segue there. Like, I didn't know that, B, that uh, you dealt with concussions um, at the end of your career. Um, how was that experience? And I think, you know, the, the, you know, the timing of that conversation lines up with, What's going on now with D. Ham? Yeah, it's scary because, you know, we all sign up for the sport knowing at any time it can be our last play, right? But we just don't think about it. It's almost like getting in your car and going on a highway. Like, you know at any point you can get in an accident, but you just hope it's not that day. You're not thinking about an accident every time you step in the car. But um, once you do start getting banged up, you know, it, it sets in on you as a player. You know, I had multiple concussions I had over five concussions mm. and when you get hurt and you start laying on the field especially concussions because what happens is your brain get rattled you kind of lose your short-term memory and after a while it starts to come back but as you land on that ground like nothing else matters other than you hoping that you can regain focus regain your memory back and you want to get to your family when you land down on the field with a concussion or an injury that can be like post football, uh, like trauma. You don't even care about football in that instance. You're like, yo, I just want to be healthy and I can walk away at any time as long as I'm healthy. So concussions are definitely one of those injuries that every time I got one, I was like, yo, please just let me come back from it. You know? Mm. I mean, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, B Marsh, because we actually had this conversation. You know, B Flow wasn't with us, but we had this conversation. Earlier this week, uh, you know, with me, you and I had it with Shady yesterday and I asked the fellas, I was like that same question. Was there ever a time where you, you know, strapped up your helmet, shoulder pad and, you know, when you went out there, we're thinking like, man, this could be my last time on the field. Like to your point, B flow, we don't we don't think like that. Right. Because. Mm you can't really play the game of football or any sport. I would, I would, I would think like that, right. You can't play scared. You can't play timid because you heard coaches say it all the time. When you do play timid, that's usually when you do get hurt. Right. So you, you don't have that in the back of your mind, but realistically, like as violent as our game is like any time could be our last time walking out there. So B, I know we we're going to talk about D ham later beat Brandon Marshall, was there ever a time, because I don't know if I got to ask you that question, you know, like when you were out there, I know you said when you had your ankle snapped later on in your career, you were like, well, dang, you know, 
this could be it for me. But, you know, you still you still came back and even played after that. Right. When you got hurt with the Giants, you tried, you know, you played with the, the Saints and, you know, the Seahawks at the end of your career. But before that ankle snap, was there ever time that, that ever crossed your mind? Uh, no. Um, <clears throat> no, for me, it's all about the head. And I was fortunate to only um, deal with one concussion that I know of where I, I knew I was um, rattled. Um, you know, I, I knew I could deal with anything else, a broken bone, even a ligament, tendon, anything like that. I had a tough time uh, recovering from a hip one time, but, you know, nothing compared to, you know, head trauma or what we witnessed uh, the other night. So, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. I was one of those guys that you're going to have to, and, you, and they had to just pull me off the field. I was going to keep going. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of us have that mindset, right? Because it's a blessing. And a lot of us, this was our dream to get to the NFL. And, you know, I had this conversation with Shady, and we'll go ahead and start the show after this. Um, when we had that conversation about Tua last week, remember Brandon Marshall? And, and he was saying that he thinks that he should shut it down for life. And I'm like, but we literally had a conversation two months ago where all three of us were like, there were times where we didn't say nothing to the trainers because we didn't know if they would pull us off the field or if it would mess up our future money because football has done so much for us. Like we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now if it wasn't for the game of the, of right. the NFL. So I'm, I'm looking at Tua. He's still in his rookie contract. Young guy. I, granted, I said I was the first one to say he should not play any more games this year. But if he sees multiple neurolo- uh, you know, neuro doctors and so he's like seven or eight and they all pass him, I'm not against him coming back and playing because if I'm in his position, I don't know how I would feel, be Flo and be Marsh. Like, I'm young. I still haven't even gotten to my second deal. I got a family to provide for. And granted, yes, there is life after football. But if this is your dream and you're medically cleared, again, if you're medically cleared by multiple doctors, I have no problems with him coming back. So what well, do y'all think? I'll start, I'll start with you, uh, Brandon Marston, go to you, B-Flow, because you had the concussions. What do you think about that? Like, if you were in Tua's position, right. what what would be your response to, you know, people saying, you, you should shut it down for the rest of your life? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm glad that you went to Tua because, you know, I'm really curious, and I don't know what the hell I drank tonight, but I'm like, <laughs> want to ask B-Flow so many questions. I don't know, because <laughs> I miss him. I ain't seen him in months. <laughs> but, uh, no, bro, like... I, the question really is for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, dudes, you're right. You know, he hasn't even hit his stride yet. He He's not even in his prime. He hasn't uh, hit that second contract yet. So, B-Flow, the question really is for you because you dealt with this. What would you say to him? You know what I mean? Because he, there's two this year that we know of. Mm. Probably three, really. Yeah. Two were diagnosed, but really three. So, so the thing with that, dudes and B, is that I think we talked about this when we first started the show, right? Players need to be tested their brains when they first walk in the door and every year to see if mm. it's wear and tear on their brain. Because as long as if you're if you're not bleeding from your brain, there's no way they're gonna tell you that you can't play. Like whatever trauma that you had, they can't decipher if that happened in the college or in the league. They don't even have a baseline really to judge from. So all they going by is like, hey, is it swelling on your brain? Is it bleeding? No, no. All right, you can play. But it can be damaged from when you enter the NFL. They just don't know when that damage started. Like everybody has damage on their brain. You just don't know where it started. And they can't predict how bad it can go. The decision on whether to shut it down or not, that's a tough one. Um, 
Because like you said, dudes, he ain't get his bag yet. Like we fortunate to take care of our families and we don't have to work no more for the rest of our life because we got our bags. And that's what, that's what made the decision easy for me. You know, like when I was going to retire, it was just 10. I was thinking, B, I can move to safety. I'm talking to Bill Belichick on the phone. He was telling me he can add me to that secondary with Gilmore and uh, what's the other corner at the J.C. Jackson? No, it was J.C. Jackson. Wasn't no, was there. it, little, was it Malcolm Butler? Malcolm Butler. It was Malcolm, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. He was going to add me to that secondary, move me a little bit. He would let me cover tight ends, let me play the safety corner thing. It was perfect. Belichick loved DBs. But at the time, I was just like, yo, I had concussions, man. Like, it, it's not worth it me not remembering my daughter's name, you know, mm. five, 10 years after I played, but I was already living in my nice home right now and all my accounts set up to take care of my kids for the rest of their life. If I wouldn't have had money in my account, I don't know if I could have made that decision so easily because as players, we all think like, let me at least just get my bag first and then go from there. So I can at least have some security because no matter how much you've been banged up, you don't, go out there thinking you can still possibly get hurt and that can take you out. You just think the way we strapping up, we lacing up. I'm going to try to stay away from it. Tua can think like I'm not going to hold on to the ball as much. When I do run, I'm going to make sure I slide like Russ. So all that is going through his head on how to prevent from getting hit, but it's no prevention, man. So whatever decision he want to go with, I got to respect it. You know, whether he want to shut it down and be good for life and know you're good for life or like I don't blame you for getting that back. So, so dudes, quick yeah. question. Do you uh, get nervous about uh, your health 10, 15 years from now? I think all of us do, to be honest with you. And I, I, one thing I will say, the NFL and NFLPA do a great job of reaching out to retired players. There's me and Brandon Flowers actually talked about this, too. They, there's a program where you can get your brain scanned, right? And you yeah. can do it like every five years. I literally just did it this last year. Brandon Marshall, everything was good. Copesthetic, it was great. Um, didn't have any damage on my brain. And I plan on doing that every five years after, you know, this last test, just to make sure, like Brandon Flowers just said, just to make sure there's no, you know, longing problems going down the road. Not right. to cut you off, dudes, but mm-hmm. did you think of this in year three, year four? Not, not at all. Like that not don't cross all. your mind, right? Never. You, yeah. And, and so so my advice for Tua now, knowing how concussions can affect you if you don't stay on top of them, I tell them like, yo, it ain't worth it. Like you can find a way to stay around the game of football. And I know you don't have that check to take care of your money, but We've seen so many players that we even see not be able to grow old because of CTE issues. And you don't want to chance that from getting a bag because you ain't going to enjoy it. And it's easy for me to say because I'm not playing anymore. And he in year three. But, man, like we didn't think like that when we were young. Right. Yeah. And, And I really like your thought process, Brandon Flowers, saying when we come in as rookies, Every rookie should have their brain scanned. So there's a baseline. Yeah, there's and then a baseline. you know how we do, you know, we do those checkups so they can clear you for training camp. They should redo those tests every year just to do it so they can see what the baseline was from your rookie year to see if there's any extensive damage to your brain. And then you can make a decision going forward from there. I actually like that. I think the NFL should implement that. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Brandon Marshall and Brandon Flowers. Let's get into this show, guys. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Could Jim Harbaugh be making his way back to the NFL? We'll talk about that. Whose parlay plays? We'll give you our best four-game parlay for this weekend's games in the NFL. 
and the top 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame were named. We'll tell you who we think will get in on this go around. But first, some great news about DeMar Hamlin. Now, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is beginning to awaken as he shows substantial improvement in his recovery from going into cardiac arrest. One of the doctors, Timothy Pritz, said Hamlin is still considered critically ill and that significant progress is needed. Now, Hamlin's neurological condition appears to be intact, Pritz said. Hamlin is able to move his hands and feet, which is a blessing, the doctor said. He is unable to speak, but was able to communicate in writing. Now, Pritz said Hamlin asked him who won the game between the Bills and the Bengals, and Pritz answered him, the answer is you, DeMar. You won the game of life. So that was a really dope story. Now, Dr. William Knight, who is another doctor who has been working on and monitoring Hamlin, said he credits the quick response, uh, the, the quick medical response with saving Hamlin's life. There is no definite answer to what caused Hamlin's cardiac arrest. This is Dr. William Knight talking about the timeline of all the events that happened with DeMar Hamlin. What I can tell you is that our team involved uh, a significant number of the care team in, involved in, in, in helping with Mr. Hamlin on the field on Monday night. Uh, he was attended to by four of our emergency physicians serving in the various roles as uh, the airway physician, the visiting team medical liaison, uh, a neurotrauma consultant, um, as well as one of the team physicians for the Cincinnati Bells, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as, as everybody knows, Mr. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, and it was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills medical staff, and that allowed for a very immediate uh, resuscitation on the field. Um, he was promptly resuscitated. Um, it did require CPR and defibrillation, and at which point he was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center when he was met by Dr. By, uh, Dr. Pritz and the, the trauma team, as well as our emergency medicine uh, colleagues. He was managed and resuscitated and worked up in the emergency department, um, had some additional uh, tests in the ED and in the hospital, and then has been managed in the surgical ICU, uh, as, as uh, Dr. Pritz said. It's been uh, a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery. So glad to hear, you know, DeMar Helm is doing a lot better, progressing, as Dr. Knight said. He also goes on to talk and talks about, you know, what the best case scenario for DeMar is. This is what he said about that. Getting him to the way he was at eight o'clock on Monday uh, evening is um, completely neurologically intact, strong, um, good lung function, uh, no cardiac dysfunction um, with his heart. Um, the best outcome would be back to who he was before this all happened. Brandon Marshall, Brandon Flowers, we always talk about the NFL and the brotherhood of the NFL, right? We're in a unique position where, you know, not even, I believe, there hasn't been even over 7,000 players that ever play in the NFL. So it's a unique, you know, company. It's a fraternity, right? So, Brandon Flowers, as you're hearing Dr. Knight talk about how DeMar Hamlin is improving, like, what was your first initial reaction when you heard about the good news in regards to DeMar Hamlin? Man, I was I was so excited because first off, let me just say uh, kudos, shout out to the medical team that revived him on the field with a CPR because yeah. 
that's like life and death. Like any kind of panic amongst them, we not might be able to be hearing these updates. So kudos to them. And just for him to just get better, like patiently, just every day, just get better. You know, cause like I said, when I got my concussions, all I was thinking about was just getting healthy and not just me and my family. This man got a family, even though he might feel like he progressing and like, yo, I can feel my hands. I can do this. Like it might look bad, but I don't feel that bad. His family doesn't know that, you know? So he has parents, he has siblings, you know, he has a community that knows him from yay high. Who's still praying day and night all over a football game that this happened, you, you know? So Man, I'm just glad that everybody's praying. The prayers are working. Let's continue to pray. Just because we're not right. getting positive, just because we are getting positive signs, don't say he's out of the woodworks because he still has a long way to go to recover. So I just pray that he get better. Yeah, Brandon Files, I'm glad you said that, right? The, the prayers have clearly been working. And, and to your point, right, he's not out of the woods yet. I mean, you heard Dr. Knight said it's still going to be a long road. So let's continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin that he walks out of that hospital is just intact. Like he said, like he was 8 p.m. on Monday night before they kicked off versus Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Marshall, I want to ask you the same question. We talk about this brotherhood. One of our brothers get hurt like this. Right. It affects all of us. Hearing this type of news is, I think, what everybody needed to hear. You saw some of the Bills players. They were kind of smiling at practice while they were taking pictures today. Um Plenty of them have tweeted, you know, that he was able to write something, which I think is a massive, you know, stepping stone in his recovery. Just talk about your initial reactions when you heard the good news about DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is a miracle. The chances of this happening on the football field the way it did is almost like being struck by lightning. For him to be moving one way, the energy in a, of his heart going one way and the force of this hit. I mean, and everything just aligned. It's like getting struck by lightning, right? And let's not forget that he flatlined twice on the field because we talked about the CPR. And then again, when he got to the hospital. Well, just just the, the they they made a correction and said they, they only resuscitated him once. I know his uncle came out and said it was two times, but they're, they're saying that it was only one time. Great. Still uh, well, scary enough, though. I, well, yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. you know, that correction. Um but this is a miracle, man. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you said it, B-Flow, like, you know, if they didn't get it right on the field, we won't be getting, probably won't be getting these, getting these updates. Yeah. Right? So uh, this is amazing news. And if I'm being honest, uh, now that he's doing much better, and like you guys said, still have ways to go. But the thing that I was concerned about was what type of state would he be in after, you know, these next couple of days, meaning he survives, but is he a vegetable? Yeah. You know, uh, so I'm like, I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, so happy that he's, uh, he's aware, you know, his cognitive function is there somewhat where he's able to write. That says a lot, man. So I, I, I'm excited about that. Yeah. To your point, Brandon Marshall, I think that was my biggest fear as well. Right. Because if you notice when somebody, essentially flat, flat lines. They're not getting that oxygen and blood flow to their brain. Right. And like Brandon Flower said, seconds matter in that situation. Right. So again, shout out to the medical team that was quick to respond on the field, because I think 
even the doctors had come out and said like the first 48 hours are going to be massive to see where his neurological functions would be at. And for him to be able to ask questions, even though he's writing them down, which means his neurological functions are there for him to be able to squeeze his loved one's hands for him to move his feet. I mean, that was a blessing in itself. So again, to Brandon Flowers point, let's continue to pray, right? He's not out of the woods yet, but we are so thankful for the good news that we heard from the doctors today and just giving all our love and prayer to the Hamlin family, the Buffalo Bills, to DeMar. Um, I can't wait till he's able to walk out of the hospital bed right. and so see beautiful. all the love that everybody has been showing him, like every team in the NFL and then the sports world itself. Right. We talked yeah. about his uh, his um, foundation, the things that he does with his toy drive. I mean, oh, I mean, over six million dollars has been raised when his goal was twenty five hundred. That's such an amazing thing. Buck O'Neill dedicated his life to teaching us about the heroes of the Negro Leagues and demonstrating that you could get further in life with love than you could with hate. Now is our opportunity to say thank you to this legendary man. Join the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as we celebrate Buck's long overdue induction into the National Baseball Hall of Fame by supporting our Thanks a Million Buck campaign. It's an effort to raise at least $1 million by fans donating a buck or more in support of the NLBM. Remember, every buck counts. To donate, visit thanksamillionbuck.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Brandon Marshall and Brandon Flowers. And Black Monday in the NFL is right around the corner. And besides Sean Payton, who the Saints technically still own his rights, there are some other up-and-coming coaches like D'Amico Ryan, who is the D.C. for the 49ers, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, and Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, who could be new head coach candidates. But according to a report, from the Athletic, Jim Harbaugh has his sights set on returning to the NFL once again. Now, this past weekend was a disappointing weekend for Harbaugh, 
whose Michigan Wolverines fell short in the college football playoff semifinals to TCU 51 to 45. Now we know that Jim Harbaugh was the coach for the 49ers from 2011 to 2014. Brandon Flowers, let me ask you this question. Harbaugh had success in the NFL as the 49ers coach. Do you think after being back in college though the last few years that he could come back and have success in the NFL? Because if you look at it recently, college coaches have struggled once they've made that transition to the NFL. You, he'll be fine. I think Jim is just like John. Like those coaches just get it. Like Jim is a quarterback whisperer. You know, he might have a first tough year, maybe. Uh, depends on where he goes. Depending on if he lands his quarterback or not. But he's just one of those head coaches that Veterans love, young guys love to play for. I mean, he, when he was in San Fran for that long time, Frank Gore and all those guys, like they loved him. You know, he he did a great job building out that roster. So whatever team he come to in the NFL, he, he'll make them a great team instantly just by his leadership that he's going to bring. Well, Brandon Fives, you bring up a good point, right, depending on where he goes. And so let me ask Brandon Marshall this question, right, with jobs that are now open, Carolina, Denver, Indianapolis. Which job do you think is most attractive to John Harbaugh? I mean, Jim Harbaugh right now. First of all, dudes, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Don't be disrespectful and don't try me. You think that's the most attractive job to him right now? I know now? he ain't going to say Denver. Say it. You know, know he's going to say Denver. <laughs> say it. He gonna, you know he's going to say Denver. I know you ain't about to say Bro, they got a Hall of Fame quarterback and they got a top. They got a what? What are we talking about? <laughs> They got a Hall of Fame quarterback that's still young. Russell Wilson ain't even is he even thirty five yet? And so Russell Wilson right now is a Hall of Fame quarterback. What are we talking about here, dude? That's the last place he's going to go. It's almost like you did this on purpose. <laughs> I didn't but do it on purpose. Before but I should have known that was going to be your answer. <laughs> let's continue this conversation, but before we do, uh, I'll, no, take one of those teams off. One of those mm-hmm. jobs aren't open. The Carolina job is not open. It should not be open. I'm Where glad you said that. Going? Right. Okay. So, like, he. I agree. Do you, do you guys think that he he earned that job already? He I do. did, but just knowing David Tepper, bro, he likes shiny new things, and he's willing to throw the bag at anybody. And I think that's egregious because we actually have heard, have heard some Carolina Panthers come out in support, right? That they they want um you know him to be hired as the head coach. So. I I just don't know. I mean, if the owner really cares about what the players want <laughs> or not. Uh, David Tepper, like I said, he likes shiny new things. There was rumors that he wanted Sean Payton at one time. Was going to throw the bag at him. So if, if I you, mean, if you can get Sean Payton. Uh, the, I, I would say you do that. But outside of that, you stick with that guy. And, and and maybe you don't even do that with Sean Payton. And here's why: because with a lot of times these owners, <clears throat> these owners and these general managers, what they don't realize is you know, the chemistry and the continuity and the respect that we have in that locker room means so much more than some of those other names and, and how they view things. So if you yeah. have a, a, a team that is rallying around a guy, that means more than X's and O's. That means more than those damn shiny bells and whistles. Because well, that, go ahead. I'm going to tell you how owners think, though. Brandon, weren't we just in this situation last year? Wasn't there a coach that resigned mid-season last year because of emails? And mm-hmm. there was a coach there that was a great leader of men, wasn't it? Rich Basaccia, mm-hmm. he was a great leader of men, right? And what did the Raiders do this offseason? After leading, he led that team to the playoffs after the Henry Ruggs thing, after the thing with their head coach, 
right? And then also the, the Damon Arnett thing when he had, you know, a automatic weapon on Instagram, they had to cut him. Rich Masaccia and Derek Carr, because he deserves a lot of credit, mm-hmm. kept that team together and led them to the playoffs. I mean, nobody gave them a chance, Brandon. And B-Flow and B-Marsh, we talk about this all the time, right? And the NFL locker room in the, on the NFL playing field, you need a leader of men. I'm so tired of these owners like, I need the next shiny offensive coordinator. We want to be able to throw for 500. That don't mean shit. It really don't. If you don't have a guy that can lead these young men, it don't matter. And we saw the issue with the Raiders this year. Right now they're moving away from Derek Carr. Yeah, you know, Josh McDaniels looks like a genius in one game because, you know, Jared Stidham went out there and threw for 365. He also threw two interceptions. But this was a team that added a top two receiver, right, Josh Jacobs might be the best running back in football right now for this season alone. They had Darren Waller, who's a top five tight end, and they're not going to make the playoffs. Hmm. So, like, again, Rich Masaccio, with less, took his team to the playoffs. So I think Steve Wilkes deserves a chance, but just knowing how these owners think, I don't know if they actually give him one. Go ahead, b Flo. If you look at the whole situation, though, if you're the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes, he, he buys you time. Because right now, do you keep Sam Darnold? He's playing well. Are you mm. going to have a top pick at one of the top quarterbacks? Like, you don't want to get the third, fourth quarterback if he's not going to be a franchise quarterback. True. I feel like if you keep still with Steve Wilkes just for one year, you get to see, hey, is Sam Darnold going to play better under a defensive coach where he feel like, hey, like, I, I can relax. I know Steve got my back. He will let me play. You got a year to let this unfold if you don't get your quarterback out the draft, right? So I, I think they should give him at least one year because if you bring in an offensive-minded guy uh, like a hardball, he, he might want a younger quarterback. If you don't get the top two quarterbacks, what do you do now? Do you take one or two years for Sam Darn? It's just too much if and a but. But yeah. – to push back on that, I would love to see Jim Harbaugh with Anthony Richardson, though. I ain't going to lie to you to see what he can do with him. But I, I think Steve Wilkes deserves an opportunity to, to coach the Panthers again. I think he, he had a bad, you know, Enough he had bad, I want to say bad luck, but he didn't get a fair shot with the Cardinals, right? One year, you know, they, they took a quarterback in the first round. Then the next year, they fire him and they take another quarterback in the first Dude, round. Nobody so he, cares. Nobody cares. Can we talk how do you about not care? the Broncos and, and Russell Wilson being? <laughs> no, that's not even. That's I don't want him to thought. go there. I pray he, he don't go there. You think, you think Harbaugh want to go into that division with a Justin Herbert and a Patrick Mahomes and have to mm. fix a Russell Wilson? Like fix, when There's he, no fixing. They got to fix. They fixing the office. They ain't fixing Russell Wilson. Nah, Russ I mean, broke maybe, this year, bro. Maybe he's, he's a little he's a little bruised and battered a little he bit. He said bruised before. Yeah, you know, it's like. That, that's not a division you want dog. any bruises in. Like, if you want, if you're going to have a couple of bruises, you better go to that AFC South where it's like. You got time. You might can be up and down. Houston, they not there. Tennessee, ah. You got Teddy no. Hill still there. You got a chance to pick your quarterback. You'll get Bright Young or Stroud. Coming into this year, come on, man, y'all, y'all sound like y'all ain't played the game. Coming into this year, they said the AFC West is probably going to be the best division in football. They did. And we also and look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. So like, what I'm saying is, I mean, two teams did make the playoffs now. No, yeah, like it was a trash division. You can't. You can't count on what's on paper. Okay, now you can't count on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're going to be tough until they don't want to be tough no more. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, you can't. Y'all can't tell me this is not an attractive job. Like if you if you're a football guy and you sit back and look at this situation and you say, 
Oh my goodness. I got a top five defense. I don't know what they're at statistically, dudes. Where are they at? Yeah, they're top five. Okay, so they're top five. Okay, boom. And they're going to get better. And then you get an offense that has two wide receivers that can at any moment go, go off and have a, a, a Pro Bowl year. Now you got your offensive line coming back healthy. You got some key pieces on, on up front. Remember, Russell Wilson came in with a beat-up old line. Those guys are coming back. Russell Wilson is 34. Russell Wilson, you, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh, in his running game and, and how he attacks his offense, you don't think Russell Wilson can come out there and lead the way? Like, y'all, y'all, that y'all. Well, I, I don't think they'll be good if he leads the way. I think Javante <laughs> Williams, and he had a serious injury. We won't even know if yeah. he'll be actually ready. I think that hurt Russell Wilson a lot, too, because we talked about this before, uh, Brandon Marshall. Like, when he's had success, he's had a you know significant run game, right? They didn't have that when Javante Williams went down, and we don't know what his status will be because that was a major injury. Will he be ready by the beginning of next year? We don't know. Um, but you know me I, again. I don't want to lay it on Russ, but I've I've uh, I've told you that for the last year and a half, like it just hasn't been the same for him, and with you know Nathaniel Hackett going there I knew it wasn't going to work because it was the same offense he had in Seattle so like I don't know why people thought that marriage was going to work because Russ struggled the last year and a half in Seattle in this same offense so what's wrong with Russ then tell me what's wrong with Russ my thing is I I don't think he moves as well as he used to right a lot of his throws are off platform to me that's not viable offense you can scheme that up on defense schematically and he just he doesn't throw in timing at all and when you're in Seattle and you have the Legion of Boom, and, and I know you're going to say when they were not the same, he was still throwing for a lot of yards, but they were still getting put out in the first round of the playoffs every year. Um, when they were, everybody was talking about let Russ cook, it started off good for eight weeks. He was the leading MVP, you know, front runner. And then the last eight weeks, they scored seven points less a game. He turned the ball over more. People started to get a beat on it. When it, whenever he's been more on a balanced offense where they're able to run the ball and then he can make those wild plays at the end, he's been able to win. But as far as like schematically wise and fundamental wise, I don't know what you could do with Russ, to be honest. Right there, dudes. Yeah. Hardball. What's his approach to offense? Is it not what you just said? But this is the thing with Hardball, though. He had more athletic quarterback than Russ is where he's at in his career right now. And and the thing is with Harbaugh, do you want a quarterback that's been in the league 10 plus years that you got to break bad habits? Are you going to tailor the offense to what he does? Or is it like, Rush, you got to break your habits and do what I do. And they got to bump heads to see which way they go go instead of just going to somewhere like the Colts where whoever you draft, that's the only system they know coming to the NFL with. And you go from there in a weaker division. I, I don't know if a quarter, if a coordinator or a head coach want to come in and give Russ a brand new scheme that he's not mm. used to. Like, he's played the same scheme for 10-plus years. Listen, it, it's obvious that I'm not going to win this argument. <laughs> All I'm going to say is this. If Harbaugh goes there, or even if Peyton goes there, more so Harbaugh. Mm. I like Harbaugh and Russ together. If that happens, uh, they're my favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. Mm, but didn't you say that this year, too? <laughs> <laughs> this is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Dudes, but with my guys, Brandon Marshall and Brandon Flowers. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh potentially coming back to the NFL. Fellas, let's look at some jobs that could become open on Black Monday or maybe even later. 
there are some rumors that Cliff Kingsbury could be out as the Arizona Cardinals coach. Now he has a record of 28 and 36 and one for his career as the coach of the Cardinals. Houston Texans, Levy Smith. I don't think he's gotten a fair shake. I don't think you could fire Levy Smith after you just fired the coach the year before after one year. That would be a bad look for the Houston Texans. And, and B. Flo and B. Marsh, they've actually competed in games right now. It yeah, got ugly for them this last week versus Jacksonville. But before that, I mean, they gave Dallas a hard run for their money. They beat the Tennessee Titans. So this is a team that's actually competed. I think Levy Smith deserves another year. Ron Rivera is an interesting one, guys, um, because there's been so many lapses this year, right, from going back to, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, then benching him with a winning record before playing a game which you didn't even know you could be eliminated in the playoffs in. <laughs> you put Carson Wentz in there, and then a report after the game was like, well, you know, if the Packers and Seahawks win, you guys are eliminated. He was like, we can be eliminated this week. So there's been a lot of some, some lapses, and over the last three years, his record is 21-27-1, so he's had a losing record. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, the commander's job. And then Mike McCarthy. I know a lot of people are like, how the hell is Mike McCarthy on there? Because he's has he has a winning record in three seasons, 30 and 19. We already know that Jerry Jones is flirting with Sean Payton, right? And it's been rumored that Sean Payton potentially could want the Cowboys job. And the way that Jerry thinks, he thinks they're supposed to win the Super Bowl every year. So if Dallas doesn't make a deep enough run, right? Mike McCarthy could be out as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we talked about the three jobs that are current right now that have, you know, interim head coaches. But as you look at the Cardinals, Texans, Commanders, Cowboys, Brandon Marshall, I'll start with you, then go to B-Flow. Which one of these four jobs do you think is the most attractive job? All right, say those again. The Cardinals, Card- Texans, Commanders, Cowboys. I know you ain't put the Texans in there. <laughs> they, 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 people, I think they get better. They, they got a bad they team. They got a what? The they Texas, can, they can Texas, Texas might Washington. be bad from the NFL. They might say y'all got to go back down to uh, one double A. <laughs> oh my God, you disrespect. Listen, they listen, they listen for B. How many years? Uh, the Texans, the Commanders. <clears throat> what's the other two dudes? Cowboys and uh, Cardinals. Cowboys and Cardinals. I like. Uh, I, I mean, obviously the Cowboys. You know, obviously the Cowboys. Uh, I don't see them. I don't see. I don't see Jerry making a change there. Uh, if you go back to <laughs> probably like six, seven, they get smoked ago, in that first round. He might remember. Remember, like Jerry used to try to buy his the Super Bowls, and he was, uh, you know, very like uh, impulsive in a lot of ways. Um, over the last six, seven years, he's been very stable, like building within a draft. Uh, they've been excellent just being patient. I don't True. think they're going to get rid of their coach. This, they, they've had a phenomenal year, bro. You know, they, they, they did last year, too, though. Remember, they got smoked in the first round. Dudes, it, that, that's that's how it is, man. It's hard to it's hard to win a Super Bowl, bro. I just think they just need to stick to what they're doing. They got a good thing cooking right now. Um, now you're going to bring in a new guy. And now think about this. Like we laugh at Russ. We laugh at some of these quarterbacks, you know, because you got a Tom Brady comes in and he wins a Super Bowl his first year. But. These guys that are successful and play the quarterback position at a high level, they're in their offense, you know, five, six, seven plus years, right? Like they Can I match back on off- that real quick, though. Go ahead. Because it was two years in a row, it happened, right? Who? Stafford, Brady. 
Yeah, but but Stafford Stafford didn't lead away. Stafford was throwing a pick and a half, two picks. He was throwing a lot of picks, but he threw for a lot of yards too. Yeah, he was balling, but come on now, they they were winning. Why? Because of that defense. I would say it's a combination of the run game and Stafford. He he, he made big plays. He made big plays. But if you take away, you know, Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey that year, they ain't they're not in the Super Bowl. well, that Bucks game, I would say it was Stafford because remember he had to make that throw at the end because Tom Brady and them came all the way back to guy. the lead. He get going to win some games. Yeah, he got streaky yeah. in that game. He got hot. <laughs> yeah, but my, my basically what I'm saying is I think it's a major setback for Dak if you get rid of the coach, right? If because it's Tom Payton though, bro. Even yes, it? yes, man. That offense. Tom Payton or Harbaugh. That's one of the most sophisticated offenses ever. He has 20-something different personnel groups. Yeah, but I would think Kellen, Kellen Moore would probably be gone if a new head coach came in. That's my point. You say he'll be gone. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to probably get a job this offseason. But the offense is going to stay the same. You think so? Yes. It, it, well, yes if if Sean Payne comes in, you'll think Sean Payne go do his offense. own offense? 100%. Uh, Kyle, Kyler, man uh, – that, yeah, yeah. Flo, Flo Flo love, love Kyler, Kyler man. You know I ain't Kyler. a big fan. I love well, Kyler. Flo, what, okay, well, if you love him, bro, obviously there's some 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 things going on there. What does he need to do outside of getting healthy to get back on track? You know what? I just think it's time for Kingsbury to just just to get up out of there. Not saying it's his fault, but you know when a relationship... Firing that man, be March. I'm, I'm just saying when a relationship ain't working no more, somebody got to go. It ain't going to be Kyler. You can't just sit there and let your franchise go ahead and rot while your players like D-Hop and Robbie Anderson go waste some good years on the outside. Like, you have to fix a problem. I don't even think he respects uh, Cliff Kingsbury in the way he should as being a head coach and officer coordinator. You know, not putting stuff on him, but just the way they go back and forth at it. You don't see it typically in the media between a quarterback and a receiver. Usually it's behind closed doors if it happened. I just think Kyler Murray need a fresh start with somebody that he's seen win games, somebody that he's going to trust coming in, knowing that they can make it make a play. Now, I know Sean Payton won't go to Arizona, but Sean Payton had a shorter quarterback. Kyler Murray's going to see that. Drew Brees got the ball out of his hands quick. He's not going to be running around like he do. If he do improvise, it's for the better, but Sean Payton going to get the ball out of his hand quick. So even though I'm saying Sean Payton would be great in Arizona, the most attractive place for me still is the Dallas Cowboys. And <laughs> it still is the Dallas Cowboys. And if they don't get out the first round, I really think they will make a – I think they're going to make a change for real. <laughs> if they don't get out the first round, I think they're going to ahead and make that move. Well, well let's talk let's, – let's, let's shift this over, right? I named a few guys who I think could be potential head coaches. D'Amico Ryans with San Francisco, Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen. We talked about Kellen Moore. Um, Leslie Frazier, I think, deserves another chance to be a head coach. Um, Brandon Marshall, I'll go with you. Out of all those guys, right, who do you think makes the move and ultimately gets hired this offseason and becomes a head coach? So I, I love that dudes. Uh, Leslie uh, Frazier has had, what, three really good years? Yeah. And um, maybe more. he has the experience. He's one of those guys. like He's like a Lovey Smith type guy where he's well-respected. Um, so I like that. Um, are we are we over Byron Leftwich? Is is his chances of getting a job shot because it, it looked bad for that offense this year? <laughs> no, no. Um, there's a lot of talk that our guy in KC is going to finally get a, a gig. You think so? That's Honestly, I think it, since it hasn't happened, I don't think it's going to happen. 
I mean, another year, this offense, uh, Patrick Mahomes, what is he, is he the front runner to win an MVP? Well, so this offense well, is, as, is as, our, as our guy, LaShawn Shady McCoy would say, every time you go to the bench, right? Is, is he talking to him or is it Matt Nagy? It's Matt Nagy talking to Patrick Mahomes. So right, right. is it is it him or does Matt Nagy get another opportunity to be a head coach? Hell no. Nah, I think Nagy going to be on ice for a little bit. <laughs> What's that, ice? Nagy, Nagy ain't going to get no gig. Well, a team might take a shot because they say, you know what? He has, the, he has the experience and sometimes losing teaches you more than winning. Mm. So yeah, what, dude, what do you, I like where you went. I can't. I don't, don't want to. You know, I, I I can't go against that. I like Leslie Frazier because, mm-hmm. like, again, what you talked about earlier, uh, a leader of men. Correct. You know, and can he build the staff? Can he bring in a staff that's going to respect him and follow him? Uh, that's a trickle down effect all the way into the locker room. What do you think, B. Flo? Who uh, who you think? You know, out of all those coaches, D'Amico Ryan's, Leslie Frazier, Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen, Kellen Moore. Who do you think ultimately gets hired as a head coach? You know how it goes. It depends on who make a run in the playoffs, right? Mm. Like if D'Amico's, if D'Amico Ryan's and the 49ers are hot, the defense, both of them going crazy, they make the Super Bowl in the NFC, like that's going to be the coach to go. If Buffalo's like struggling on offense and Leslie Frazier calling a great game, like he might get a shot. But I do like D'Amico Ryan's somewhere like the New Orleans Saints. You know, mm. um, they don't have a quarterback. That's right the thing. Now. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. don't. But that's the thing. He's not a he's not an offensive guy. So so what? I'll let the GM and we'll figure that out. Like once I get, they, it. you like, already know they they bad with their money. Be flowing them contracts. Yeah, but but one side of the <laughs> so ball got to be good. One side of the <laughs> ball got to be good, there. right? And if I'm banking on one side of the ball being great, I think in New Orleans you'll build that defense up first before you piece up hey. the fifth. Piece it up with Michael Thomas and who the quarterback gonna be over here on the offensive ball. It's too it's too many pieces over there. Okay, I, yeah. I, I got something for you for you guys. What's up? Sean Payton back to the Saints. I think that's gonna ultimately happen just because they own his rights. He can't go anywhere without them trading him away. Why wouldn't that be a, a, a hot destination for him? No quarterback. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, and then you go get a you go get a Derek Carr. Well, I don't even know if they got the draft capital to do that, B. That's the they thing. Still, they still in trouble? Yeah, they still in trouble. Yeah, well, they've been in trouble for about three years. <laughs> well, they traded up to get that offensive tackle in the first round last year. So, you know, they, they the Kings are trading up in the first round to get a player. You you have pieces on defense. You bring in DeMarco Ryan, like bring in Ryan's, let them go ahead and beef up that defense. They go play for them. You know, the Superdome get loud on third downs, like. Yeah. Run the ball, play good defense until you figure the offense side of the ball with them contracts, man. Yeah, I, I would say, and you guys are probably want to hear this. I would say if if Sean Payton does come back to the Saints, I think he does give Jameis another chance because I feel like he got a raw deal last year. Um, and we know Dennis Allen isn't a good head coach, and I don't want to talk bad about him, but we've seen we've seen the history with the Raiders, and now this year where they a lot of people thought that they would compete with the Bucks for the division. The defense, to Brandon Marshall's point, he said this earlier in the year, they don't get going to about halfway through the season. They've been dominant on defense these last like six or seven weeks. So uh, if they just had any help from the offense, right, they would have had a chance to, to get into the playoffs, especially with the division being as bad as it was this year. And Tampa could essentially win the division at eight and nine because they most likely will rest their starters this week. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. 
Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.